Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Oh, happy Monday uh, to you and yours. Uh, we made it through the weekend. We're here back at work, back ready to provoke some more provocative thoughts and conversations. Uh, I've got an awesome, we have an awesome show uh, planned for you today. The whole Fearless Army is basically here today. Royce White, Shamika Michelle, TJ Moe, Dave Shannon are all going to uh, drop by today and help me discuss Pride Month. Yeah, we're in the middle of Pride Month and uh, it was popping uh, this weekend. And so we're going to delve into it. You know, last week we went in depth on what is a woman. This topic is you know, connected to the whole what is a woman deal. Uh, and so without further ado, uh, let's go straight to our fire starter. Let's get this party popping. Uh, so let, let me let it rip. All right. Uh, the in your face sexual depravity showcase at the LGBTQ plus pride celebrations acts as a mirror for the rest of us. It's a reflection of the culture Christian heterosexuals built, tolerated, and or enjoyed the last 60 years. We allow the centering of our sexuality in all aspects of American television, music, cinema, art, and culture. We sold hamburgers, magazines, cars, football, and everything else with sex. We giggled when Carl's Jr. decorated cheeseburgers with scantily clad supermodels. We dined at Hooters. We danced to Two Shorts Freaky Tales, Naughty by Nature's OPP, and Two Lives Crews. We want some <laughs> We love Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, The Cowboys Cheerleaders, and Charlie's Angels. What do we always say? Sex sells? So it's disingenuous and naive to be shocked that, given the opportunity and leverage, the gay movement is selling its lifestyle with sex. They're simply mirroring the behavior of the formerly dominant culture. We made Pride Month and all the debauchery and grooming that comes with it inevitable. Like all problems, the solutions start with the Christian man or woman in the mirror. I had this epiphany this weekend while perusing Twitter and drinking in the disgusted tweets featuring videos of child-friendly debauchery at pride parades. Conservatives are growing brands and social media platforms highlighting drag queen story hours, LGBTQ teachers, grooming children, and the nonsensical ramblings of the identity confused. I, I'm gonna show you three different videos that kind of demonstrate, you know, what I'm talking about, these social media platforms that are showcasing this stuff and building a following by showcasing what the LGBT movement are doing. I, I believe the first one is a group at a pride parade in Washington, D.C and all these videos, these three, are all from the Pride Parade in D.C., where a reporter is interviewing uh, people about their uh, identity and what they identify as. 
Um, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> what age did you know that you were gay? Um, I think at like 10 I knew that I, I think at 10, but I wasn't like, I wasn't clear on my gender. Yeah, I, I think it, it was around like 10 as well when I, st I started questioning if I was bi. And then since then it was kind of like a, a slippery slope because I kept, I was like, am I bi, omni, lesbian? And then I, I kind of like came to the point and then now recently I've been like, am I pan? But then I like, I think now I'm starting to realize that I'm queer. But yeah, it was, it started around 10. It wasn't like fully formed, but I guess like that's when I realized, wait, that's a possibility. Yeah. I am genderqueer, trans mask, and queer. What's trans mask? Trans mask is like people under the non-binary umbrella identifying like or presenting mask. Masculine? Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm trans and uh, un my sexuality is unlabeled. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Yeah, and I use he, they pronouns. Tell us what you guys identify as. We're asking everyone here today. Gay. Gay, cis, um, what is it? Cisgender male. There we go. I don't know. Gender, gender neutral or gender fluid. I think that's what they said. I don't know. I'm confused. Do you identify as gender fluid? <laughs> I don't know. She, her, it. I feel like, honestly, honestly, it should not be a bad thing. Like, I've talked to people who go with they and them. I'm like, well, in the grammar of things, how would you want to represent yourself? I was like, I mean, I guess it, because it's like, you're, you're it, you're the it. Like, it shouldn't be a bad name, it should just be owned. Gay, yes, yes, I love- She identify as he, she, her, oh. they. She. Um, pronouns are he, him, sometimes use they, I don't give a shit. I guess you could call me gay, I'm homo-flexible, really. I do like some women, but mostly men. I, I'm gonna show you more because I, I want us to fully understand what we have wrought with our own behavior. Uh, and so I think this next video is adults explaining why kids need to be at these pride parades. I noticed there's a lot of kids in attendance here um, this year. Are there always this many kids? And also, do you think it's a good thing? Absolutely, and it is a great thing because I feel like Making sure that children are aware of what is around them is important, you know? Just because you are around certain things doesn't mean that you're going to be persuaded to be a part of things, but you should be aware of the other type of people that live around you. And if you're not capable, you know, it's a developmental problem, and this is how we fix that problem. And for some of the kids who maybe saw some nudity here, maybe saw some twerking, what do you think about that? Sometimes when you grow up, you see some nudity. Do you understand that? It helps you to understand who you are. Sometimes you're going to see some twerking. Um, I absolutely love it. I work at a Montessori daycare, and we are very open sexuality-based with our children. We have several children that are non-binary, very queer, and it's just a beautiful community, so I love to see it here as well. They get the chance to see such a diverse culture. They get the chance to be open to whatever their body or their mind is telling themselves. They get to learn that at such a young age, and I love that for them. A lot of people like that are claim to not be homophobic say that like 
they shouldn't get their kids in, in, involved. They shouldn't get kids involved with this type of stuff. But I think that like it should be in adding little kids to it. It kind of helps normalize pride. I like am so excited for our future because I know that it's going to be way more open and like accepting. And I'm really like happy that I see children here. All the time. I think they need to be showed from when they're young to to be accepting of stuff. So. I think it's a good thing. Honestly, I feel like your kids should understand, sorry, should understand that it is actually okay to be who you want to be at your age. And it gives you that time through puberty to understand if you're not that person. I don't really have an opinion either way. Uh, kids need to know these identities exist. Um, and I haven't seen anything I'd say that's outrageously inappropriate today. You know, because at the end of that second one, we saw the third one. So I, I, I'm, I'm not going to show the, the, the third video because there was a separate video just showing what the guy was doing at the end and that there were kids, uh, you know, coming in right behind that naked guy with the breast or whatever that was twerking on the police officer and ran the police officer off. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, this weekend I asked myself, why are gay people behaving this way? Why does it seem like their life mission is to shove their sexuality down all of our throats? The answer struck me while I was watching the movie Killer Joe, a 2012 drama featuring Matthew McConaughey and Juno Temple. For the past month, Amazon Prime has been recommending the movie to me based on my viewing history. McConaughey plays the role of a Dallas cop who moonlights as a hitman for hire. He's contracted by a drug dealer who wants his mother killed. The drug dealer offers Killer Joe, his virginal little sister, Juno Temple, as the down payment on the murder. This movie was filmed in 2010 when Juno Temple was 20 and Matthew McConaughey was 40. In the movie, Temple looks 15 or 16. 42 minutes into the movie, I stopped the movie as Temple stripped naked for McConaughey. I was uncomfortable. The movie was soft porn, a darker, more sexually explicit version of Kevin Spacey's American Beauty. Amazon recommended Killer Joe to me based on what I have previously watched. This says something about my taste in cinema and television. So I reviewed what I watched. I like dark crime dramas. The movies I watch the most are The Godfathers, Scarface, JFK. The TV shows I watch the most are The Sopranos, The Wire, The Shield, Game of Thrones, and Billions. I like crime, corruption, and sex. Amazon recommended that I watch crime, corruption, and sex. It fed me what I like. It's criminal, or it should be, that adults are taking kids to drag shows. It's corrupt that teachers see it as their responsibility to teach kids about gender and sexuality. It's sad that we've created a society that justifies criminality and corruption with sex. The LGBTQ crowd is mirroring an extreme version of the dominant culture's behavior. 
They're not doing anything we haven't done. Late last week, the delivery service Postmates released a Pride commercial with a food menu that is bottom friendly, meaning the food options are sodomy friendly. Postmates tweeted this with the commercial. You shouldn't miss a good meal for a good time. That's why this Pride, we've teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein and Rob Anderson to create the world's first bottom-friendly menu. Yup, it's real. Eat with pride. I can't adequately describe the commercial. You have to watch it for yourself. So let, let's watch the Postmates commercial. What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve? Not this pride. Introducing the bottom-friendly menu from Postmates. Huh? We teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical to bring you a menu of bottom-friendly foods backed by science. Insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute, so avoid things like whole grains, wheat bran, cauliflower, potatoes, legumes. Hold up, are you just fully diving into those beans? The problem with these foods is they don't dissolve in water, which could cause a traffic jam in your digestive system, making a mess of your evening. Speaking of messy, it's a good idea to avoid dairy. I cannot handle lactose right now. Look at it. If you're going to eat something insoluble, give your body about 24 hours to process all of it. Eat me. Soluble fibers and protein are the key to having some good, clean fun. These all digest easily and slowly while feeding your good gut bacteria, which makes sushi a great bottom-friendly option. There's no right or wrong way to bottom, but if you're planning on getting peachy this pride, the bottom-friendly menu on Postmates has the kinds of foods that can keep you feeling good. Are you organic? I get it, I understand why you're repulsed watching the commercial. I certainly was when I originally saw it. But we have mainstreamed immorality. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre headlined the Super Bowl halftime show. Snoop is a confessed pimp. Snoop, Dre, and Eminem specialize in making lyrical pornography. Their music targets kids. No one should be surprised that Lil Nas X and Cardi B are the next iteration of Snoop and Dre. Gay Pride is the next iteration of Playboy magazine. Let me make one more analogy. Gay Pride is January 6th. All of America watched the 2020 St. George Floyd riots. We watched cities burn, stores looted, and cops killed while corporate media justified the chaos and mayhem. A counter-protest was inevitable. For decades, Popular culture and corporate media have celebrated heterosexual depravity. A counter-protest was inevitable. We're the George Floyd riots. Gay pride is MAGA. Make America gay again. Mm. That's my fire. This is on us. I had to deal with that this weekend. A, a buddy of mine uh, one of my friends from college on our text thread sent me out some meme that basically said, you know, here it was like, here I am minding my business, and here's the LGBT movement with this tuba blaring in my face 
with their agenda. And it made me giggle and laugh. But I believe what the gay movement is saying is that they've had a tuba in their face their entire life, putting our sexuality, jamming it down their throat. And I had to acknowledge that's true. When I think about all the shows that I watch, and, and you know, now that I'm an old man and become an old fuddy-duddy or whatever, and like, hey man, this heterosexuality and all these sex scenes and needless sex scenes in movies and in commercials and all that stuff, it's not healthy. It's not productive. It's going to lead to the kind of backlash we're dealing with today. And it, it, it's, this is why I keep talking about if we take our identity in Christ and in being Americans and leave some of this other stuff on the back burner, we've made sexuality way too much a part of our identity, way too much a part of the culture. And again, I'm not some prude. I just believe in private life, personal life, and public life. Private life, personal life, and public life. We've made all of our lives public. And we've been shoving our life and our beliefs and our sexual beliefs down other people's throats. And now they're shoving back. And if we, again, much of this stuff we do is completely unnecessary. Again, when I'm watching The Sopranos, Tony Soprano, it can be implied that he bedded some stripper or some car salesman. It, it, we don't need to see all the intimate details of that, but that's what they shove down our face. And again, I'm sitting here as an old man, I guess as a fuddy-duddy, and I'm watching the movie Killer Joe, and, 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 and I'm just like, hey man, they're trying to get me to fantasize about some 40-year-old man banging a high school student. And I just cut the TV off. It's like, th this is crazy. But it, it, that's what the movie was doing. And that's what movies do. There's all these needless sex scenes. And so I, I guess I'm turning into my grandfather or my grandmother or just some old fuddy-duddy. But when I look at the ramifications of it, and I look at where the LGBT, what inspired them to do what they're doing. It's us, it's me. All right, uh, we're gonna start with uh, Royce White. Uh, Royce, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, oh, I see you went uh, sleeveless today. Uh, <laughs> To, to talk with me, putting, putting them guns on display, guns out, sun's out. Uh, Royce, what do you think about my take that all this in-your-face LGBT stuff is actually a reflection on us and what we, we, they're just mirroring the behavior that we model? I think it's a fair point. You know, I think uh, it speaks to a, a much bigger uh, sentiment that that I think people need to become comfortable with is in, in politics we say you get the government you deserve um, and and people people sort of get the culture that they deserve or that they they earn 
And, um, you know, the, the, what, what you're explaining is the, the pervasive or corrosive effect of a loss on faith on the greater society. And, and this is a loss of faith. And, and even the, the, you know, the, the movement away from traditional sexual relationships or, or the using of, of sex as a means to commercialize other products is, is us trading our freedom and our, uh, our freedom for security and, and materialism. And what it became is, is radical materialism. Um, I, I will say that, in my opinion, the LGBTQ movement is 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 a distinct movement that that is more predicated in an anti-human, um, an anti-human worldview, uh, and and the and the sexual the, the the provocative sexual commercial movement in America may not be of all of the moral clarity and 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 standards that we would like. But the outcome of a man and woman having sex in whatever variety is still possibly a child. Uh, much of the LGBTQ movement uh, sentiment is is a nihilist one that says children are not really uh, are not really the goal of, of sex at all and shouldn't be. And actually, for the women, uh, having a child is a is is you know a job a, a job of the patriarchy. Hmm. Break that down a little bit more for me, because I'm trying to understand, you know, I think the LGBT crowd is basically saying, hey, look, we're grooming your children because we feel like you tried to groom us and we reject that grooming. And so we're going to do the same thing and try to groom your children into our lifestyle. Yeah, no. No, that's that's completely ridiculous in, in every sense. Look, the the LGBTQ movement in its in its true manifestation is an anomaly. And and if we're going to say, like like I said a couple of weeks back, if we're going to say that guns, video game culture, the, the radical violence in movies and so on and so forth is a predicate for there to be mass shooters, then we have to admit in an honest conversation that the sexualization or this LGBTQ version uh, has has caused or triggered more people to become confused. And that's what really a lot of the people in those video clips of the Pride Parade were saying. They they weren't saying, I know what my sexuality is and and I'm trying to promote or advocate for others to have a, a, a sexuality or an, a, a clarity of identity like I have. They're saying, I don't know. And I would like for a bunch of other kids in the coming generation not to know, which is a, a way to sow confusion. Uh, and, and really, you know, I do believe that that identity crisis and social confusion is a game that's being played by a much darker, malevolent force that is really about anti-humanism, right? And, and so the Abrahamic faith in our culture was an obvious improvement from a barbaric culture where we had earth worshiping and child sacrifice. And, and we've gone back to both. And the LGBTQ movement was a conduit back to a culture, a pagan culture of earth worshipers and child sacrificers. And we have that manifesting in, in abortion and this climate movement. But but the, the social conduit for commercialization is this LGBTQ identity thing. And these people are just they're Most of them are confused. Now, if you're gay and lesbian, that's been around for for, you know, uh, you know, since the beginning of time. But all this pansexual, sapiosexual, uh, transmasking, you know, all of that stuff is to sow confusion. It's a linguistic culture war. And I'm just not, I'm not buying it. What do you say to my contention that the solution 
actually starts with us, those of us that are believers, those of us that espouse some sort of morality and, and want some sort of values and standards to, to drive the country, that we have to de-emphasize our public sexuality and model a more uh, appropriate outlook and expression of sexuality if we're ever going to drive this LGBT thing back to a more res responsible way of behaving. That, that I don't think we're gonna be able to shame the group of people we showed you into that video into changing their behavior. We're just gonna have to model the superiority of our beliefs and our values, and that will fix the culture. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a first time I'm, I'm held renderless with, a, with an answer. I, in my opinion, I think that people should become more unabashed in their heterosexuality. Uh, that that would be that would be my approach. Uh, I'm certainly not going to play any any kind of hide and go seek game with the fact that I'm a heterosexual male, uh, due to the fact that some uh, uh, you know some manipulative group of people want to use sex politically in the sexual domain to push uh, ill agenda. And, and I think to hide heterosexuality is to be is to deny the 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 possibility or the miracle of procreation in some ways. And, and should we become a little bit more traditional and conservative in the way it's depicted on the big screen? I would say that's certainly reasonable. Um, are we ever going to do that? Absolutely not. Uh, because the, 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 the avalanche towards cultural depravity is interlinked and the radical materialism and loss of faith are, are, are interlinked. Um, so, you know, I don't see the, the LGBTQ movement as being so far removed from the overall sexualization of culture, but I see that variation as having a distinct purpose, and it goes from having low sexual morality to having an anti-human sexual uh, pr promiscuity worldview. And those are two distinctly different things. Look, in the Bible it says, uh, God would rather you have uh, sex with a prostitute before uh, before waste on a rock, right? But And kind of that, that sentiment that, uh, Every child that's born, every time there's a conception of life, God had a direct hand in that miracle. And in the most depraved forms of sex, in most cases, between man and woman does have that possibility. And there's a sanctity of life there that exists in the conception, but also exists in the act between men and women. When you have two men, you have two women, you have a man who becomes a woman who wants to be with another. Those things get lost in the entire sexual uh, uh, premise. Roy, I want to ask again or for, for clarity. I, I'm saying, like, yeah, I do believe in being more pronounced in being heterosexual, but there is a way to do it responsibly and not in the debaucherous way that I think we have uh, exposed heterosexuality and promoted heterosexuality. It's as much sex as you can possibly have and if, if that creates a baby, so what? You're just a baby daddy and a baby mama. The, the, the proper expression of heterosexuality probably, in, in my view, comes from marrying a woman, producing childs, and organizing and developing that family. 
but there's two ways you can look at it, Jason. Because in in my in my view, the whole no sex before marriage deal was a way where the the conservative side of the political aisle seeded the ground for an anti-human sentiment. Because their 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 approach to it was if you had sex before marriage and a child came out of it, then we look down on that child. So they precluded the miracle that comes with the conception of life based on a social proclivity. And that was actually the gateway to say, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a moral claim around how you want children to be born, well, how about no children at all? Or how about we kill children in the womb? Because well, what's the difference? And and they did that in the 70s. I mean, this whole abortion phenomenon is 50 years old. I mean, it's 1973. That's 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 my grandmother, right? So, you know, th- there's there are multiple ways in which Satan uses all of the things that we deal with in life to try and undermine the sanctity of life and the and, and faith in God. And he's he's very he's very skilled, talented, manipulative, deceptive. He has all of the, the spiritual metaphysical powers that make these conversations and the nuance of them very important. And my safeguard against that is to say if a man and woman lay down and, and have a sexual act, whether it be a robber and a prostitute or two professionally employed man man and woman uh, with, with stability or whatnot, if the possibility of a child is there, the sanctity of life has been protected. The 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 the, the premium on life has been protected. And the reason I push back on this is because this is the argument that they use in third world countries for mass abortion. This is Bill Gates. He, he's saying, oh, the population isn't a problem. Population growth isn't an issue. It's just the countries that can't handle it. Why? Because the African nations over there in third third world, you know, villages, they don't they don't have the money. They don't have the resources. They don't have the proper planning or medical care. They can't protect the environment and the climate with more children. So we have to really safeguard against the anti-human sentiment first uh, and, and, and the, the moral order or standard of, of, of the ideal sexual domain second. Royce, I'm going to, if possible, if you're available, I'm gonna invite you back on Wednesday uh, so you can engage with me and Bobby and Anthony on this topic. You've raised some excellent points and th- that right now I, I can't, I need some time to marinate and think. And mm-hmm. I want to engage you in a deeper conversation. The great job. That's why I love having you on. You, you make me think. Uh, we're going to keep it moving. Let me take care of some business. Talk to you about my good friends at Good Ranches. It's getting hot outside and that's not just from the grills firing up. Summer is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts of meat to cook this year, look no further. Good Ranchers is the place to get American beef, chicken, and seafood this summer. They sell 100% meat and ship it right to your door, and right now they're giving away two free 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes to every person that uses my code FEARLESS. That's over two pounds of prime ribeye steaks just added to your order at no cost. With Father's Day coming up and the summer stretching out before us, what's not to love? This is not the time to wait. Claim your ribeyes today before they run out. This is a limited stock item, first come, first serve, and you want to be first when it comes to good ranchers. They deliver the best of American farms and ranchers to your door. Make sure you take time today. Right now, be a good, fearless soldier. Feed your fearless army good ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash fearless or use my code fearless at checkout to get your two free 18-ounce ribeyes. Start the summer off right. Good Ranchers American Meat delivered. 
they support you, me, and our way of life. You need to be supporting good ranchers. You gotta eat. You love meat. Why not good ranchers? Why give it away to some company that doesn't believe in you and the way you want America to be? All right, Shamika Michelle. X. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation about Make America Gay Again and all the uh, gay pride debauchery uh, we've seen so far in the month of June. And we certainly saw this weekend uh, with uh, gay pride parades going all on across the country. Uh, Shamika, uh, welcome to the show. I want to know uh, your reaction to my contention that uh, what we're seeing from the LGBT crowd is a reflection of what they believe they've seen from us. I definitely think that we have been uh, over the years just coming out more and more with sexual depravity and even just lasciviousness on a whole. I was having a conversation with my friend over the weekend and we were talking about how growing up like Lucy and, and Desi didn't even sleep in the same bed. You know, we thought about Carol and Mike. We never saw them, you know, uh, simulating sex on the screen. We, I guess, could kind of have an idea of what they did because they were a married couple, but we never saw this. Fast forward to now, they do everything on the screen and they leave nothing to the imagination. So I do think that over the years, we have become more and more sexual and put a lot more information in front of people and children than we did when I was a little girl, for sure. And so I can see that crowd saying like, what are you upset about? Your kids got access to HBO and regular TV and because, you know, it doesn't, HBO or the Netflix or Amazon, the movies go a bit further than television, but TV goes far further than when I was growing up. And, and, and much of it, and again, I can't tell if it's just I'm become some old fuddy-duddy, but it's just like the whole time it's going on, when I'm at a movie or whatever, I'm just like, man, can y'all just move on? Okay, they had sex. This is some kind of fake simulated sex. I don't need to see it. It's, it's an interesting plot point. Okay, they had sex, but I don't need to see someone simulate sex for me to get that point in a movie or a TV show. Correct. And it used to be that it was just on HBO or Cinemax. But I remember a couple of years ago, I was sitting watching Empire, which I think was a Thursday night at 8 p.m. with my daughters. And there was a, a it was clearly a gay scene. Someone walked in and there was a man on his knees in front of another man whose whose pants were open. And I was shocked and I hopped on the Internet and I, my title of my video was get this gay shit off TV. And I had to go a little further to say, take it all off. Because even though this was a gay act, 
even if it had been a heterosexual couple, it was too much for prime time on what would have been, in my day, regular TV. This wasn't HBO or Cinemax, and I thought it was too far. We've gone gone way too far. Whether it's, whether it's heterosexual or gay, we have put a lot more in front of children and people than we used to, for sure. And I saw people making this point this weekend because I'm telling you, I saw a lot of the gay pride stuff and I was repulsed. And then I just started thinking like, well, hold on, man. There's a side to their story. There has to be. People aren't just crazy and just don't. And I just started thinking about it. And someone, someone put out a meme on, on their, because you know, Twitter's probably the gayest place on earth. And they put out a meme that uh, you know you're repulsed by this, but then they showed like the da- NFL cheerleaders dancing and twerking and shit. And, and I had to, after reflection, after first laughing it off, I, I had to say, I see their point. We take our kids to sporting events, football, basketball, and there are cheerleaders, scantily clad gyrating everywhere. They come out halftime or, or during timeouts during a basketball game and shake their rear. And, and so I, I have to say that, that, that they're saying like, hey guys, you, you're very comfortable with young girls shaking their rear ends uh, at sporting events for the delight and pleasure of you and your children. I'm the, And so I can't have drag queens shake their rear ends in front of kids and take and because i saw some videos where uh where parents were like forcing their kids to look at this even though their kids were trying to turn away and so i mean it's a bad look but but i gotta admit i i think we we did this again there's for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction and, and this is the reaction we, that we should have predicted was going to come. It's the small fox that spoiled the vine, Jason, for sure. I don't know if it's the hypocrite in me that just won't say it's the exact same thing, but I do believe that we've been going towards that. Um, When you think about just how you were talking about watching things, there was a time when my mother, if something was a bit too much, she would cover my eyes. So it's crazy to me that parents are actually dragging their kids into situations that their kids are even uncomfortable comfortable with and saying, look, you got to look at this opposed to doing what our parents did for us, which was cover our eyes. But I do think that we have let down our guard over the years. We've allowed certain things to be okay. We you know, just haven't called certain things out. And we thought, okay, this is harmless. And now we see that maybe it really wasn't harmless. And we have pushed this and we have allowed it. And now this is where we are. I do want to say, though, that there are a lot of gay people that think what they've been seeing with these drag queen story hour and the the pride parades, they are there are gay people that think it has gone too far as well. I actually had a gay man send me that postmates as well. And his his words in his text was, This is why I can't do 
the F word. Like he was so upset and thought it had gone way too far and that it was unnecessary and putting it in front of children is too much. A lot of people who are gay were sexually abused as kids. And I have talked to a few men over the years who don't want to be gay, who were just exposed to being homosexual at such an early age when their body responded, which was just a biological uh, response, it confused them. And so now they want to be married, they want to have children, but they've been gay for so long that they're really confused and this is really having an effect on them. And I think about even myself, I had played with girls as a little girl. Thank God I never said, or my mother never said, this means you're actually a boy, or this means you're a bisexual or pansexual or whatever, all of these names that we had now. It was just experimentation. And after about nine or 10, I wasn't interested in it anymore. So I think that we are just not allowing kids to really develop. We're pushing things on them at such an early age. It's only creating confusion. And when I talk to adult people who have lived in this lifestyle, who are now suffering from this type of confusion, I have to say, we have to do better in what we put in front of our kids, what we guard them with, how how uh, adamant we are about them not being exposed to certain things. Because when they get older, we're going to look back and say, I really believe, oh, my God, what have we done? Whether it was expose them or not even standing up and speaking out against the things that we know could lead in that direction. Look. I'm going to take the conversation here because I know you can handle it and we'll have something to say. But I, I've been telling people close to me for years, this is a theory I have about sex. And, and it's like someone will see uh, some athletic 6'2", 190-pound dude, and he'll be with a 270 pound woman. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I will say to the, I'll, I tell people, I was like, that means his first sexual experience, likely as a child, was with an overweight older woman. He was sexually exploited. And your first sexual experience will define and or help shape your sexual attraction for the rest of your life. And so, and I'm gonna go ahead and be this transparent and, and say that uh, I've got friends that say, man, Jason, you know, you tend to uh, favor white women. And you can go all the way back to my first sexual experience and that will tell you why that is the case. And, and I, I've said it for, for years that people, and, and I'm telling you, that's why this grooming thing, because again, I'm no social scientist. I have done no studies on any of this, but I'm telling you the people doctoring these movements and, and leading them and they've done the research. They know if, they, if you can get a kid and their first sexual experience is gay or whatever one of these 
that that's going to define their sexual history for the rest of their life or have amazing influence over the rest of their life. And that's why, and they know that kids tend to experiment and particularly kids that uh, grow up in single parent households where there's a lot less supervision, there's all that experimentation going on. And again, that's why this grooming thing is so important is because again, the first time your toes get curled will define your taste for the rest of your life. I definitely feel that has some type of aspect on it, Jason. My first experience was with a girl. I'm not interested in girls, but I will say that I had an orgasm at five years old and that mattered to me going forward. It always mattered to me. When I had my first sexual, sexual experience with a guy, it mattered that I had an orgasm because I knew exactly what was supposed to happen, what to expect, and I liked it from the time I was five years old moving forward. So I do think because I had, you know, not a negative experience or something that I felt like was traumatic and it was enjoyable, that's what I always looked for, that enjoyment, and it became something that I wanted, I liked, I craved. So yes, I definitely think that has something to do with it. Your sexual, your first sexual experience does shape how you move forward and how you view sex uh, moving forward, for sure. And so I wanna connect you to the conversation I was just having with Royce and, and your reaction to uh, my, he, he, again, th there's a reason why me hearing that story from you it, is why two parents, a lot of supervision and pushing kids to delay their first sexual experience until they can actually handle it and, and that that's what we don't as they tear apart American families and there's less supervision. There's going to be more kids having sexual experiences at five and six years old. And that's going to create some confusion and chaos and the kind of issues that we're having right now with young people. Yes, and I've told my kids, thankfully, I have two over 18 um, that, that remain virgins. I told my 17-year-old, no pressure, but you're the last one. If you make it to 18, which I hope I do, I can say none of my children had sex before they were grown. But I've always told them, I don't want to hear I'm heterosexual or I'm bisexual, I'm asexual. You're no sexual because you're not ready for sex period, of any kind. And that's something that I've pushed on them. Thankfully, I've been able to be very involved. We don't do this whole having people over, closing the doors, spending the night, you know, having your boyfriend come over. It's cute. I've seen parents do that with young children. And to me, you only allow that behavior because you uphold it. You, you provide a way for them to do it. I don't care that you had a boyfriend at a certain age or I had a boyfriend at a certain age. My children will not have a guy coming over, closing the door or hanging out, spending the night. We're not doing that. 
It's my house. And I feel like Tina Turner's mother on What's Love Got to Do With It. I'm the only sinner in this house. So I, I do think that we have to have these families together and parents have to be a lot more particular and, and paying attention to what's going on with their kids in, in the home, definitely. Uh, and so I, told, I was told that uh, my uh, watching Killer Joe on Amazon Prime made you go look and see what uh, Netflix was recommending uh, to you. Is, is that accurate? Yes, I went to see what the top picks for Shamika was, and I was confused. They're all over the place. And so I was wondering if you could tell me what, you know, Netflix is saying about me from the ones that was chosen. Uh, it was 42. Um, I am not your That's the Negro. Jackie Robinson. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's that's the Jackie Robinson movie? Yes, that's the Jackie Robinson okay. movie. Yep. I am not your yep. Negro. Uh, that's James Baldwin. Yep. I had Ricky Gervais, one of his stand-up uh, comedies. Also, something called Love, Death, Plus Robots. I have That looks like some type of science fiction, and I'm not really sure why that was recommended but obviously uh, you know they think it is and something called um something with pleasure which talks about the orgasm gap <laughs> so the principles of pleasure yes the principles of pleasure and i feel like i'm missing something in the list four brothers four brothers four was the brothers. other one Yes, and that's the one where they had to avenge their mother's death. She was killed, and the four brothers who were adopted came together to to get revenge for their mother's death. The, now, are the four brothers, are they black dudes? They're black and white. Um, Tyrese is one. You know, it's, they yeah, were adopted. Yeah. yeah. And one of the yeah, Wahlberg so, uh, brothers, yeah, he was in there. To me, to me, my read on that is like, uh, they're giving you the Black History Month content special uh, <laughs> from 42 to Four Brothers to I'm Not Your Negro. Uh, and then I, clearly, uh, as <laughs> the principles of pleasure speaks for itself. Uh, <laughs> but again, for me, it's clear as day. I like crime, corruption, and sex, and that's on me. And I got to do something about that. Uh, <laughs> but Shamika, thank you. Uh, great job. Uh, we're going to keep it moving. Let me take care of some more business. Uh, what if you could have your health care put back in your own hands instead of being sold to the highest bidder? Politicians, Big Pharma and the health insurance companies make enormous profits at the expense of your health. That's why crowd health works. It's not health insurance. You can see any doctor you want, pay the first $500, and submit any bills from there. The crowd health community takes care of the rest. This is the, a true game changer. You just pay one low monthly total. It's less than $200 a month for most people. 
Stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now, you can get your first six months for just $99 per month. That's almost 50% off the normal price and a lot less than a high-deductible health care plan. Just go to crowdhealth.com and use the promo code FEARLESS at sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code FEARLESS. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. Hey, you guys have seen the chaos in the financial markets and the job markets. Crowd Health is a great way to, to take care of your health care needs in this very chaotic time. All right, uh, be a good fearless soldier. Support the sponsors that support us and our point of view. Uh, TJ Moe. Nerds. All right, welcome back. Uh, time to roll out to uh, St. Louis, Missouri and visit with the show me kid, TJ Moe. Uh, TJ, welcome back to the show. Uh, I can't wait to hear your take on all of this. I'm blaming Christians uh, for the gay sexual revolution we're witnessing. They're just mirroring our behavior. Uh, what say you? I go back to pastors. Um, you and I spend a lot of time discussing how pastors have failed us because pastors have failed the people they're shepherding and the people they're shepherding are the ones out there who are refusing to speak, right? If so, if the, if the person leading you is not going to speak on this, why are you going to speak on it to the sinners? Uh, if anybody should be hearing about it, it should be the Christians from the pastors and the leaders. And we refuse to do that. Um, I, I don't know that there's a cultural rot occurring right now that Christians do not deserve some responsibility for, because it's all written in the book, right? We know what the right answers are. We know what the proper values are. And pastors have spent so much, I mean, 60 years avoiding these topics because of the idea of separation in church and state or their 501c3, or what I think is, is a, you can ask pastor Bobby and Anthony about this, but I, I think it's a, it's a missed perception of Matthew seven, where people say, basically, who am I to judge? Well, you're not the judge. God is. You're just telling them what he said. And so people get this idea that they can hide behind that. And they say, well, if I judge you, then God will judge me. And I don't want God to judge me. So you can do whatever you want. It's a stupid misinterpretation. It's the coward's way out instead of telling the truth. So I think pastors have hidden behind Matthew seven. I think a lot of Christians have hidden behind Matthew seven. That's why they don't vote their values. Right. Um, so to me, it is ultimately a pastor's fault. This is what I was telling Ali Beth Stuckey when I was on with her. I, so many Christians that I know right now, seriously, are watching Allie, they're watching Fearless, they're watching Steve Dace for their shepherding, because these are the Christians actually speaking into the culture and helping them work through life, because their pastor won't do it. I've had I, probably 10 or 15 messages from a lot of the girls on Allie's show telling me that they left their church for the same reasons I did, and they're dying for somebody to help them work through this culture, and nobody's helping them do it, right? So I think the pastors have failed to speak against this, which allowed the non-Christians and certainly some Christians, but I don't know that Christians were leading the way in the sexual revolution. I think Christians 
didn't stand in the way, which was the big problem, right? It's there's there's an idea in, in the Bible in um, Matthew five nine. It said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." for they will be called children of God. And pastors instead have become peacekeepers. And the idea of peacekeepers is avoiding conflict, right? It is saying, again, in, in Matthew 7, you'd be saying, well, I don't want to be judged. I won't stand in the way. We're, we're kind of a seeker's church. Why don't you just, you know, don't tell them what they're doing wrong. Just tell them about the gospel. It's all about the gospel. The gospel obviously is the center. But part of being a peacemaker is initiating conflict because what happens is Christians never ever meet anybody where the sins are then. And I think that's very problematic. There's the strategy is always avoidance and the avoidance is out of fear. You can't operate out of fear. Eventually that conflict is coming to a head. It's happening right now, right? All of this keep peacekeeping, it's happening right now as they're trying to take over our children and have drag shows with our kids. That's the issue. Eventually peacekeepers do have to fight that battle. Peacemakers initiate the battle early and say, here's where we stand, here's where you stand, now let's work this out. We will never ever celebrate this depraved behavior. But you guys can do what you want, we're gonna do what we need to over here, we will speak against this because this is what we believe. We've never even had that conversation. It's always a handoff, maybe someday they'll get saved. Look, I, I think that pastors, like a lot of people, and particularly men uh, want to protect their success, their popularity or whatever. And so like you, a pastor can't stand firm on the LGBT issues when he overlooked all the things going on in the heterosexual movement community mm -hmm. or whatever. And so if you didn't have if you haven't said a word about, hey man, our kids, black and white, all across the country, are listening to a music called hip hop that has sexualized everything and has promoted a level of depravity and violence that is unbelievable. And ministers and men and Christians, in order to protect the popularity, we said nothing. Now I'm a, and I'm throwing the we in there, although I've been very consistent about hip hop and you know what's wrong with it and how polluted it is, and I've been on that for 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I'm gonna put we in there because I listened to the music. I was highly critical of it, but I certainly listened to it, knew it, went to nightclubs that played it, danced to it the whole nine yards. But once you overlook all of that, and once you've mainstreamed all of that, the, the LGBT guys have a right to say, <laughs> you done overlooked all of this other stuff, why are you picking on me? You, you, you co-signed, out of pop, and so eventually, it, we're not there yet, because when, when the rap thing first started, there were people that said something, and then they just gave in and, and just went along to get along, but eventually, ministers will embrace little Nas X and everything he's rapping about, and because that'll be necessary to protect their popularity, uh, and, and so I, I do, I certainly think pastors deserve 
some blame and rebuke here, but just men in general. We haven't protected women and we haven't protected kids mm. and uh, we're getting the culture we deserve. Completely agree with your last statement. I will back up a little bit and say there's never a bad time to tell the truth. So the fact that you didn't speak against things before would say you can't speak against it now, I think is nonsense. Um, I think that's just continued cowardice, right? Or justified cowardice. Well, I let these guys get away from it. So let's just let all of the culture get away from us. Never speak against it. Our sins are done. And so we're just, we're, we're going to sin forever. I don't buy that. And I think, in fact, the pastor of the church that I go to right now, he he backed off way back when he was really kind of similar to the way he is now. And he backed off and tried to turn our church into a seekers church. And so he got very shallow, we'll say. And so he stopped telling the truth the same way. He stopped really digging deep. He wanted to, he met with some of the mega churches and said, how do you get as many people in the door as possible? My goal is to save souls, not to you know, provide condemnation. He came back and apologized for that several years ago and said, I screwed up so bad. I led all of you astray. I, that's not the way I'm going to operate. We're going to lose people at the church because they are going to hear that sin is sin and it's unacceptable. And here's how we're going to operate moving forward. And we have, we've lost people at the church. Um, he's, you've, you've, you're familiar with my pastor. He's spoken out on the conservative side against a lot of things and he had to come back and apologize. And I think that's what good men, men of courage will do. If you have some integrity, you'll admit a mistake and say, I was asleep at the wheel for 20 years during the sexual revolution. And it happened. It was insidious. I didn't see it coming. It wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't see it absolutely rotting our culture. And now I do. I see kids in drag shows. That's rotting our culture. So just because you missed it on the way up, I don't think precludes you from telling the truth now. So now, too, it's affecting us in bigger ways, right? Obviously, the sexual revolution had major issues. We've talked about from the 60s today and now the, the fatherlessness issue that we have and how, how it's it's providing today. Well, the, the homosexual and the LGBTQ movement has unbelievable ramifications. First, I mean, just the most obvious one is that we are now already in a um, fertility replacement rate well below what it needs to be to maintain our population. We're at 1.64. 2.1 is replacement rate. That means without immigration right now, we would be shrinking as a population. That is a big issue, right? So that obviously is, you know, chief aim 1A, why homosexuality is not a good thing. But the, the HIV epidemic, right? And, you know, in, on this show, we talk a lot about how things affect black people. Uh, I've read before the show, 50% of gay black men, there is a, if, if, if these rates maintain, 50% of gay black men will develop HIV at some point in their lives. 20% of all gay men right now have it, whether they know it or not. These are all CDC statistics. So there are serious ramifications, and now we're grouping it together with the trans community. Well, the trans community, as we've said ad nauseum here, has a 40% um, rate of attempting suicide, right? So it's like these ramifications are actually, it, it's, it is a culture of death. So I would never condone the sexual revolution and, and what it's led to for the straight sexual revolution. But the cultural rot that this one comes even further is going to wreck 
everything that we're doing. We need to go back and fix it all. We need to get fathers back in the home. We need to get nuclear families together. We need to be, have people have responsibility. We need to get off welfare. There's a ton of things that we need to be speaking out against. It is just that now we're attacking children along with it and the the ramifications that come along with this are so in your face you cannot ignore them. I, I just want to add this little touch of the other thing that silences a lot of believers is their own sin. Mm-hmm. And what, 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 because the other side, progressives, the left, the LGBT crowd, love to use your sin to silence you. And, and, and that's why I operate the way that I do very transparently and <laughs> say, yeah, that was me at that strip club in uh, 2010. Yep, 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 that was, I used to go to Las Vegas every other weekend and blah, blah, blah. And, and because the reason I'm a Christian is because my nature is sinful. There is no man, woman, child or whatever that has not sinned. So I confess them all, but most people don't want to be outspoken on these issues. And, and for me, it's a bit easier because, again, I'm not married. And so I see a lot of men doing the calculus, like if I'm really honest and approach things the way Whitlock does, you know, what's my wife going to think uh, if I, you know, cop to the mistakes I used to make? But again, that's why you and your wife need to be in the church because she needs to, you've been made anew and she, you know, Anyway, she's got to, you got to get her on board. She's got to be right there with you. And it's, it's no different. Like last week we had Matt Walsh on and, and, you know, his wife is right in the fight in the, in the, mm-hmm. with him. Uh, that's why she participated in that. What is a woman deal? And they're in it together. And that, that's, that's the way we're going to have to be. Uh, we're going to have to live transparently and we got to talk about our mistakes. And, and that's why I, I constantly talk about my mistakes and the, the stupid things I used to think and, uh, and just the, the ramifications, what it's cost me. And, and, you know, sitting here at 55 and thinking all the stupid things I used to think and, uh, you know, thinking that being promiscuous and different women and all this stuff was more valuable than being married and committed to one. It's all craziness that has, <laughs> you know, damaged my life and that I, I like to talk about it because I don't want other people to make that mistake. I want them to know a lot earlier than age 50 that, uh, you know, you need to be approaching things in a different way. But TJ, I, I know you, you had a, a point you were wanting to make about how TV and entertainment are our new Bible. Explain that. Um, that wasn't it so much as to say I, I think we have valued freedom over godliness at this point. And America is – to me, look, we're obsessed with freedom, uh, rightfully so, right? This is why at least the way it used to be July 4th was just this massive celebration because freedom allows you to get some things done. But what comes with freedom is responsibility or your freedom is going to be gone in short order. So for me, that is why, I mean, it's, it's more holistic than what you're talking about. Um, you were, you came into it and said, look, this, this idea of the heterosexual, you, you mentioned, I think it was Paris Hilton in the Carl Jr. commercials way back when you're like, what's that got to do with the cheeseburger? Um, that has moved us to here. It's, it is the celebration of sexual immorality. 
But I think even what's unlocked all of this idea is, so we have our original sins as Americans, right? And we'll say that's slavery, that was um, not allowing women to vote and, and be equals, right? We've got, so we've spent a lot of our time as a country trying to sort through those and right those wrongs. So freed the slaves, uh, women's suffrage could vote, all that stuff was good. And we have lost our discernment for figuring out where the moral behavior is that freedom is good so long as you you are only utilizing the freedom to have your moral behavior. And we've decided that all freedom should be celebrated. Well, freedom's good. Celebrate freedom. You have the freedom to go out there and be as crazy as you want. And you do. But we should not be celebrating that. We certainly shouldn't be celebrating it when it happens with our kids at the parade in the video that you showed. You shouldn't be bringing your own kids. You're gonna say you should you should be locked up if you bring your kids to a, a drag show parade like we just saw. Um, so that my general idea is America is so obsessed with freedom that we've lost all discernment. Two things: we either lost all discernment and just said freedom's freedom, it's good, let's celebrate no matter what, which is which is largely anarchy. Um, and the second thing is the people who do have that discernment have been scared so far into a corner of being called bigots that they're afraid they're going to lose everything and it's no good. So uh, I am Mr. Freedom. I have American flags up in my house. I, I, uh, there's nobody that supports our police and soldiers and such more than I do. But I'm just telling you, 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 as, as you pointed out, I think it was, um, was it Adams that said this constitution cannot be utilized by anybody except for those who are a religious moral group. And, and we are far past that. And that, that to me is our largest problem in our culture today. CJ, we're going to end on that note. I'm going to run out to Idaho and bring in Dave Sanders. Top this show off. Uh, we'll see what the Idaho potato has to say. All right, welcome back. Uh, time to bring in Dave Shannon, Chocolate Knox. Uh, Chocolate Knox, uh, you're the perfect man uh, to, to bat clean up today. I know you'll have something original <laughs> to say uh, and something profound. I, I want to start here with the Postmates commercial and the, the bottom friendly Postmates commercial. And, and, and I think it's grotesque, I, I, it's disgusting and disturbing, but Again, I, I do think like we have said sex sells and we've used sex to sell everything. So I don't know if we should be shocked that the LGBT crowd is using sex to sell its movement. We did it with Carl's Jr. We did it with Sports Illustrated. Again, I, I think we created this it's 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 been inevitable that we would land here because heterosexuals started this uh jason there's there's a few things that you hit on first of all in your article and your opening monologue that are profound and that statement right there is one of them one of the things that we've forgotten um is that the culture is coming from us. We've created this process, this domino effect. We've planted the seeds of the tree that exists right now in the cultures, particularly the one of the LGBTQ. That's seeds that we've planted from our own. 
you know, in Romans, your whole article was like a, a rollout of Romans just working its way through um, understanding the situation. Inside of Romans, it deals with first chapter, this gratuitous type of culture that comes when you deny Christ and when you deny God and the creator who made you, you start going insane. And when you start going insane, uh, the culture falls apart. You lose your natural desires. What sanity looks like between a man and a woman falls apart. Women start having very natural, unnatural desires to do things that are unseemly, and so do men. And so Romans 1 rolls out what the insanity of rejecting God looks like in culture. But then when it gets to the second chapter, Jason, it says, and now you who say you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who say you shouldn't steal, do you steal? It flips the whole thing on the head and says the reason that you have what you have right now with this denial of sanity is because you have forgotten the moral obligation and consistency with the God that you serve. So you have a massive form of hypocrisy that's coming from you that have planted the seeds of this culture. And so. Yeah, when you look at it, we are the ones to blame for this. We're the ones who are responsible for what we're getting. And until we repent of this, we're going to have a lot more of it. Jason, there's something else that really troubled me while I was watching the video clips that you posted, uh, that, that you showed in, earlier in the show. What really hit me was the boldness that they have to proclaim such as insanity. I mean, they are bold with this. Even the commercial just now, they're not asking the question if, if it's too much. They're not asking the question that if they proclaim their God, I wonder if the culture will leave us. They're not wondering at all if they are get, if they are shoving it down our throats. They are fine with proclaiming their insanity. And we are the ones that are acting like cowards right now. We're the ones saying, well, we don't want to start with Jesus because if we start with Jesus, then they might say, oh, you believe in the sky daddy. Do you think they care at all about whether or not we are concerned about their false God. They are just proclaiming it, proclaiming it and proclaiming it. And they're putting it into everything and we are eating it up. And we're sitting here having arguments about whether or not we should be leading with Jesus. That's insane. OK, Dave, here's where I'm going to defend them. I, I have to look at my own insanity because I at no point in my life have I ever denied being a Christian. You can go find articles I wrote at the Ann Arbor News, at the Kansas City Star years ago, where I talked about my relationship with my grandmother and you know how her Christian faith influenced me. And so I've never denied being a Christian. And so I have to deal with the fact that I proclaim being a Christian, but you can find all kinds of writings and actions and celebration of me and promiscuity and hanging out in strip clubs and all kinds of debauchery. And so as insane as those people looked on that video, that's how insane I looked claiming Christ and being very comfortable living a very debaucherous lifestyle. So that's why I look at them and go, oh, my God, they're holding up a mirror. This is as crazy as I looked. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly the point of Romans, too. You have what you have in the culture because of how you have been acting. So you planted, you know, we planted those seeds. And so there's no doubt that we need to repent of that. So I'm totally 
ag- agreeing with you on that point. I'm just saying that we aren't being nearly as bold as you are to call it out in the same way. Jason, we have, and this is just some of the seeds that I want to point to that we've planted to get what we have right now in Pride Parade or in, you know, uh, transgender or was it a drag queen story hour. I, I have friends, Jason, that I have talked to in the middle of the conversation. They're just talking like this is normal. We're just having a normal conversation. And they have said, and so me and my wife and my kids were out at Hooters. And I'm like, what? You you took your, not just your kids, but you took your wife to Hooters too? And y'all sat there and had a meal with the girl that got the, the booty shorts on and the breast all out? Never mind the fact that the place was called Hooters on the front of it. I don't even know why you were in there. So what type of depravity do you have to have going on in here to be able to take your wife and your children to a depraved, depraved restaurant to have food? And then for somehow we think that you don't get drag queen story hour and then you're not going to take your kids to that. Immorality begets even a worse form of immorality. If you're going to if you're willing to take your kids and your wife to Hooters, then you have a hard time as far as not being a hypocrite of why you can't take your kids to drag queen story hour. You've already defined that you don't have a high standard of morality. What's the difference between this failure of morality into that failure of morality. And so I completely agree with you in the sense that we have failed in our objective biblical standard of morality to, to live it up. And so we've been hypocrites and that form of hypocrisy has planted the very seeds that we have right now. My point is that we need to have the kind of boldness to say we need to repent. We need to call out to God and say, God, we were wrong. We missed it. My sinful attitude and my sinful false understanding of objective truth and reality and not seeing it in myself has led to a failure in the culture. And Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. And in that moment, in that that moment, repent to your family. Say, we're not doing this anymore. We're not letting certain shows in our home to disciple and teach us and to be our new foundation of morality so that we quote them all the time. We're not letting that in our home. What we're going to do now is we're going to have Bible time in our home. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to quote his words so that we talk like him and that we don't talk like the new hot top 10 shows on Netflix that are preaching pornography and preaching homosexuality. Right. So, I mean, it was funny when you guys were talking about pastors. I was thinking about you and TJ Mo were talking about pastors. I was thinking the new pastors of the culture are Netflix and Hulu and Disney. And we've invited them into our house far more than we've invited the word of God into our house. And that's why we sound like them. That's why we sound like the world with just a little Jesus sprinkled on top. We need to be able to quote Jesus more than we quote Pac. Mm. And that is a brilliant point you made that in the previous segment I attributed to T.J. Moe, but it was it was actually in my notes that that was the point you wanted to make, that we basically have a new Bible and it's, it's the television shows and, and it is, I, I've tried to explain to people for, for, for years, like the power of music and why yeah. I've been so critical of hip hop. And again, I, I admit that I listen to it and have listened to it. I listen to a lot less of it now, but, but kids can recite virtually every lyric of some song 
some rap song, some Cardi B or Lil Nas or Jay-Z or whomever, and, and much of what they're quoting and can recite is, is debaucherous, immoral, depraved, and, and it used to be the way, and I can remember when I was a kid from going to so much church and going to vacation Bible school, I used to be able to rattle off biblical verses and biblical songs and blah, blah. And now we've got a generation of kids that, that again, it's hip hop, it's rap lyrics, and it's not a mistake that all of that music is laced with such negative messaging the people promoting that music, and I'm not, the rappers included, but I'm talking about the people, the executives and all that, they know exactly what they're doing and what they're doing to the human mind and a generate, and this again, why I sit back and say, we've been silent on all of this. As, as our kids have been programmed for the debauchery we see at Gay Pride Month, that, that programming actually started with Snoop and Dre and, and rap music. And, and, and again, th there's like aspects of this that we don't want to talk about as, as black people, but this whole gay thing is running wild in our community. It's a problem everywhere. But my God, in our community where, you know, uh, 75% of our kids grow up in single parent homes and so they haven't, they're not even in the right environment for development. The gay thing is just running wild and, and we don't see the whole connections that uh, when Snoop Dogg is rapping about, and I'm gonna say what he's rapped about because I can quote the lyrics, uh, something about I'm doing something with my d on your tonsils and he's talking about his d in a man's mouth and, and then all the other sexual depravity that, that just goes along with that whole prison culture that has been promoted through rap music. We've said nothing. We've actually supported these guys, been friends with these guys, and we're wondering why we're in the shape we're in now. You know, Jason, um, it's been interesting to watch everybody be so turned up over the grooming of our kids in government schools. I think they have a right to be upset about that. But we've forgotten that the first groomers were us. We've been grooming our kids. And the fact that they have an appetite for this stuff shows the type of things that we've been grooming them for. And we've been groomed ourselves and we haven't been paying attention to it. We've been groomed to embrace this certain thing and and <laughs> That's why we're where we're at. And so before, how did our kids get into environments and places where they are embracing this type of groomification? Oh, because we've created appetite for it in one way or another and we haven't been paying attention because we have it ourselves. We've taken music for granted in so many ways. A lot of people can play the piano. Some people can play the saxophone. Even more people can play drums and rhythm, rhythmic instruments, Jason. But everybody is born to sing. Everybody has an instrument that they're born with because God has designed them that way. And so music is something that is just not out there. It's a part of a way that we communicate. It's inside of us. We are made with the words of God and we have that kind of music built into us. So when we hear music, it gets inside of us in a way that nothing else does. The same way poetry does. It moves us and we don't forget 
how we feel and the motion that he gives to us. And so there's whatever you're singing, whatever you're putting in, that's the thing that's molding and making you and grooming you. And whether or not you know it, it's having an effect. And we don't think about it that way. We just think, oh, I just want to be aimlessly listening to something or have a no, 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 no. It's designed the way God has made the world. It's designed to disciple you, to make you a certain type of person. So when you're listening to music, when you're watching TV shows, you need to ask yourself, what type of person is this thing designed to make me? And then you look at it. I'm going to tell you who knows. Amazon knows. Netflix knows. They know what type of shows these things are designed to do. That's why they're making more of it. This is like, oh, Knox likes to watch shows like this. Hey, 50 million more on another show like this. Y'all make a show series like this. Knox is going to watch it and all the other Christians are going to watch it too. It's okay. It has a little porn. They don't mind that, right? They know. They understand this grooming far more than we do. And grooming is an escapable process. We're going to be groomed. The question is, what are we going to be groomed by? Secularism, homosexuality, fruitlessness, or are we going to be groomed by God's word and God's standard? Which is why I was saying my point earlier, Jason. If we don't lead with that, then we're not we're not the ones grooming the culture. Mm. Uh, Knox, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, we're gonna end this show. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. You put an exclamation point on our conversation. Outstanding job. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I think that I hear tomorrow, we're gonna get a little freedom and we'll see you tomorrow. Freedom, looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life, like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving, all deceiving We all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want, I wanna be I just want